Neo Advaita. New, not to. A modern, experiential, and perennialist mystical framework. Initially, Adi Shankara, about 1300 years ago or so, ended up consolidating a lot of the frameworks around Advaita Vedanta. So, meaning that knowledge, Veda, is not two. So, meaning the quote individuals and the ultimate, the absolute, are one. They are not two. That's what non-duality means. That this is the ultimate, this is the absolute, this is the ineffable, and it's all an appearance. Which even, as we've talked about on the show quite a bit, the modern currents in quantum mechanics and physics are also showing that the most underlying is the modulations of energy, which then create the appearance of form of matter. And when you give a deep contemplation to the infinite possibility space of modulations of energy, similar to the infinite possibility space of modulations of musical notes or of art, all of the different colors on a palette, that you recognize that this is just one creation design out of eternity, out of infinity. This is one song. This is one combination on that color palette. One energetic modulation that appears as form. And so Adi Shankara is one of my most profound influences. And he was also one of the main developers around the theory of Maya, around the intoxication of the illusion of the appearance itself that draws people to seek for happiness and peace externally rather than the diamond necklace around their neck, which is what happens in the parable of the prodigal son with the turn inward. And many of my modern non-dual teachers like Rupert Spira have learned from people like Ramana Maharshi who was also one of the main teachers of mine who took the Advaita framework and drew the absolute
absolute deepest contemplation to what's called Atma Vichara, which is self-inquiry. So it's to contemplate deeply on the I. Ask yourself the question, what is I? And that's why Ramana Maharshi said that God is the seer. Because once you contemplate deeply enough on I... You contemplate deeply enough on awareness. You turn your attention inward on awareness, on consciousness itself. You recognize that that is A, shared amongst us all, which is the pupil, and the iris is the unique coloration, and B, that it's eternal, that awareness is eternally being colored by the experience of these dreamed creation designs. And Ramana Maharshi was very adamant about turning the attention inward on I, on awareness itself, which then over time would create more and more of a Gnostic individual that has pierced the veil to God realization. And so the experiential side of the mystical framework is very deeply resonant and important and it's very perennial across the traditions because turning attention inward is the key because you recognize that awareness is the key. And then there's the further propagation of the Advaita framework into what has been called the Neo-Advaita framework, the new not-to framework. And many people attribute this to Punja. And also the Satsang movement in general. So the Satsang being the gathering of community around spiritual truth and the both importance of the direct recognition of the non-existence of I or ego being a core component of that. And as Emerson said, immediatism the direct spiritual knowledge and power that can be attained. And this goes back to Platonism as well. And it also goes back to the northern school of Zen that said sudden awakening, whereas the southern school of Zen said gradual awakening. And that ultimately it's both. It's both gradual and sudden. And the power of Neo-Advaita in many ways is that it invites the direct path. It invites the direct experiential recognition. And yet at the same time, we recognize that 
there is trouble with this one direct step because the mirror of consciousness, God, is distorted slash polluted, meaning that if I'm a contracted, finite, egoic, separate entity and I attend a satsang where a neo-advaita teacher says that you are not real, all of this is a dream, all of this is an appearance, The egoic, finite, separate entity has a both possibility of recognizing that and immediately gaining more spiritual power and recognition, and yet also the potential of the superficial spiritual bypassing occurs because there's no dissolving of the ego. And that's only what happens when consciousness meditates on itself and purifies itself. It makes the mirror more clean and less dirty. So a dirty, egoic, separate entity that is trying to recognize the diamond necklace already around its neck is very possible and very helpful. And yet at the same time, we must recognize that the gradual meditation of the egoic separate entity on its own awareness enables it to have a more stable process of going inward to that God realization and to even the absolute ineffable. Because typically what's being promulgated by the one direct step Neo-Advaita is the surrender to just the appearance, to the nothing to do. Meaning that everything is an appearance. And the non-dual is the unconditional freedom of the Om. As in the Nirguna Brahman, the Brahman without attributes, the absolute, the ineffable. And then the Saguna Brahman, the closest we can try and add qualities to the ineffable, would be something like the unconditional freedom of that expressing itself, the anarchic creativity of it, the exploration, the leela, the divine play. And so... There's both the beauty of what Neo-Advaita provides, the contracted egoic separate entity of direct insight immediatism, and yet at the same time, the tailoring, the simultaneity with the process of being able to engage with a unique individuation that is turning inward and helping the egoic contracted finite energy relax and release and expand itself into the god realized state and then into that absolute ineffable and so we're gonna unpack that more stable two direct steps here in a bit but again the key insight here is that the in the non-dual it would say there is no egoic contracted finite entity. And then in the dualistic concession, we would say that it's clear that there is a suffering and there is an intoxication of Maya that's happening for this individuation and that 
the individuation is now seeking inward for that peace and happiness that is already the diamond necklace around its neck. And so to be able to hold the simultaneity of the non-dual and the dualistic concession and the individuation, which is the artistic expression of the infinite, is very important. It's critical. And it's very much the ultimate truth is the simultaneity across all of those. And that makes you very much like Joseph in the Code of Many Colors, especially when you're being a teacher and helping those that are interested navigate the landscape of our metaphysics to be able to successfully turn inward and rise up that dualistic concession of a mountain to the absolute, to the ineffable, to the dissolving of the sugar cube of the contracted egoic finite entity into the hot tea of the infinite ocean. And that's why we say that insight alone is not enough. It's like a gondola ride. It's like here in the flat mountain, which is one of our best artistic distillations around the simultaneity of non-duality and duality and individuality simultaneously. And we've done an entire video on this, which you can watch on the channel. The idea is that Neo-Advaita is very much like the gondola ride over there on the right side. Because the flatness is very much like the non-duality. And then the mountain is like the dualistic concession where the ego is seeking the finding of enlightenment of the absolute of the ineffable of God-realization. And that there's all of these paths and all of these different signposts that build up into this latticework that then enables them to pierce the veil and to recognize their true nature. And that's what Wadat al-Wujud means, the Sufi metaphysic of the unity of all finding, because every single one of the individuations has their own unique conceptual latticework and their own unique style of finding of piercing the veil and remembering which is what the greeks called anamnesia and so the gondola ride is very much like neo-advaita because it's like the direct pointing and it's great because it gets people to ride up the gondola and they get to the neo-advaita pointings which happen in these satsangs and then what happens is that because the egoic contracted finite separate entity never undergoes the dissolution process in the gondola it just comes right back down to the bottom now it might come to level one or level two instead of level zero which is fantastic but this is where we undergo a process of recognizing that we can actually tap into our ability to be more like Joseph in the Code of Many Colors, where we can both handle the Neo-Advaita pointing like the gondola ride, but also we can help those that are interested recognize the importance of committed practice. Because that is what's needed to sever slash destroy the knot, forming identification between God slash self and the finite egoic contracted mind separate entity and that's why buddha 2500 years ago underwent the process of the depths of what now the theravada buddhism tradition lineage 
is the most conservative teachings here, thanks to S.N. Goenka and many others, that I've attended four times these 10-day silent, no talking, no eye contact, and no technology meditation retreats. And what happens is that you really get down to the roots of misery, aversion, and craving. You get down to those roots. And as you eradicate those roots, because you've attained a very high level of sensitivity of subtlety because you've trained via your respiration, that's the anapana that happens is that you train via your respiration to gain that intense subtlety and sensitivity. And then you recognize that the monkey mind is no longer sending you around to aversion and craving, but that in a sense, what's happened is that you've purified your mind, you've purified the mirror, you've purified the awareness for you to be able to actually undergo the process of being equanimous, of being peace, of being happiness and joy, and being able to turn your attention inward on that consciousness, on, on that awareness itself to recognize the sharedness, the eternity of it, and the shunya, the void, the emptiness also of it. And that's why we go beyond the emptiness and beyond the everythingness when we talk about the absolute, the ineffable. And so that entire process is a committed practice. It requires the ability to gain the deepest subtleties and sensitivities. If you've been riding on the elephant that's been drinking the cocaine water and is now you're the little rider on top of the elephant and the elephant's the monkey mind and it's going absolutely nuts driving you around you're the egoic contracted finite entity seeking happiness and peace externally in the intoxication of maya and you attend a satsang and this is told to you that if there's not a committed practice that comes with it at the same time that that cocaine elephant is going to go absolute continue going absolutely nuts and so that's why it's called the knot. And that's why there's a process of a committed practice that helps to sever slash destroy that knot. It, in a sense, it portals you away from the finite contracted egoic mind into awareness itself, which is the first step, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But this committed practice prepares the mind for insight into non-duality. So my last couple of years, especially where I've been going 100% hardcore full time on truth have made me able to gain the Satori that I got on December 18th to actually pierce the veil. And that more and more people undergoing a committed practice along with the Neo Advaita is what will enable more and more of Wadat al-Wujud, those piercings of the veil to the unity of all finding, to God realization, to ineffable, absolute, ultimate realization. And that's what happens given the aphorisms, the books, the quieting of the mind and retreats, is that when you actually undergo the study of what tatvam asi means, you are that, I am that, we are that, or I and my father are one from John 10.30, what happens is that you recognize the perennial mystic tradition wisdom and you also recognize more and more that these aphorisms, these books, these retreats, these yogas, 
Chittavritti Nirodha as Patanjali said that yoga or union is the quieting of the waves of consciousness that the different paths and signposts that, that are these aphorisms and books and retreats they add up in that conceptual lattice work which then enables the piercing of the veil the wadat al-wujud the finding process to actually happen the anamnesia to actually occur and so we have to remember this. It's like the synthesis of the Neo-Advaita, the direct path, the satsang movement with the committed practices, with the aphorisms, the meditation retreats, the books, because it gives us that better, stronger, more robust lattice work that enables us to actually pierce the veil. And it is very much like both the sudden and the gradual awakening. And so here's what is more stable. And this was something also recently that Bentinho Massaro, who's another main teacher of mine, has been promulgating, which is the two direct steps is more stable than the one direct step. And so the idea is that the first step is God realization, which is when the egoic contracted finite separate entity seizes seeking happiness and peace externally in the intoxication of Maya, and it turns inward, like in the parable of the prodigal son, on consciousness and awareness itself. It turns its attention on the question, what is I, the self-inquiry, as Ramana Maharshi said, Atmavichara. And so once that happens... The subtlety increases, the sensitivity increases from the gross physicalism to the subtlety of awareness or consciousness itself. And the more that we focus in our attention on the question, what is I and the self-inquiry process, we become aware of awareness itself. And then that is when we recognize and realize that our awareness is God and it is shared amongst all 8 billion of us in this creation design and also it is eternal it is what's been here being colored by experience it's what's here now being colored by experience and what's going to be here in the future creation designs being colored by experience that awareness is the free agent of the infinite of the absolute of the ineffable that is being colored by the experience of of these creation designs that's the first step is that god realization and then the second step is the absolute realization which is when even you recognize the subtlety of the eternal awareness itself and then you pluck that last thorn out and then that's going beyond even eternal awareness to the ineffable to the absolute to the ultimate and that's when the recognition that even eternal awareness itself is a dream. So it's not only the creation design is a dream, but also the agent, the observer itself is dreamed. Just like when you go to sleep for a third of your life and you simulate a dream where you simulate both the observer and the dreamed landscape for the observer, that is the same as this. And so that's the second step is to the realization of the absolute, which is even the observer itself is the last thorn, which is dreamed. And then that's what opens up to the absolute ineffable. 
And it all is the absolute ineffable. Even those that are being intoxicated by Maya are the absolute ineffable as well, because that's the uniqueness of the creative expression of what this is, non-dual-wise. And yet the dualistic concession is that they are suffering and that the turn inward is inevitable and it's happening. It's like the GPS callback mechanism of the absolute on itself to pierce the veil and to God realize and absolute realize. And so liberation already exists. This is unconditionally free, yet also will you realize this? And that's why in the Sufi metaphysic, it says that only those that are ignorant seek what is already there. Like Rumi said, the diamond necklace that is already around your neck, yet it remains for you to recognize it. It's already all unconditionally free, non-dual, absolute ineffable, yet if you've recognized that you're seeking happiness and peace externally in the intoxication of Maya, in conspicuous consumption and greed and materialism and fame and cloud and all of these things that you think will give you happiness and peace, that inevitably the turn inward is going to happen because that's the recognition of the diamond necklace, which is already peace and happiness. You will no longer seek peace and happiness externally, but you bring your peace and happiness to everything you do. You're not seeking it externally. You're bringing peace and happiness to everything. And that was a beautiful teaching of Rupert Spira. And... Rumi is in many ways goat, the greatest of all time, because we go around from room to room looking for the diamond necklace that is around our neck. But then the addition that we've made here on the program to the diamond necklace is the Indra's net, is the net of being, as the beautiful illustration of Alex Gray also shows, where the source light is refracting through each of our unique diamonds and jewels as a creative artistic expression. That's the iris around the pupil is the unique creative expression. Once we God realize, once we go inward here, as we say in the true simultaneity, the non-dual dual individuation, which we just did a show on that as well, which you can watch on the channel, that we go inward first to that God realization. And that's what enables Wu Wei, as Lao Tzu said, the effortless action channeling the absolute highest morality going outward as the artistic expression. And all else is insanity because it's a contracted, finite, separate biological entity that is seeking happiness and peace externally. That is self-dealing that is greedy, that is jealous, that thinks of itself as finite and separate only. Whereas the reality is when you go inward and God realize, recognize the absolutely ineffable, you recognize the pupil and then that enables the perfection, that enables the absolute highest morality to channel through as you artistically express yourself from the infinite out, rather than from the biological separate finite entity. And so that's 
where Neo Advaita has been absolutely fantastic and super insightful, and I've adored it so much. And people like Tony Parsons and Jim Newman and Fred Davis have been so insightful for me. And yet simultaneously to recognize that there's a Joseph in the Coat of Many Colors style of synthesis consciousness of breadth and polymathy that is needed to build out the conceptual latticework of all these paths and signposts that then make it so that it can be tailored like a jedi to anybody that's coming in word for the god realization and that's the true simultaneity the non-dual dual individuation to be able to navigate that space like a jedi And it's more stable, the two direct steps, than the one direct step. And yet it's one of the best experiential and perennialist mystical frameworks. It's the immediatism. And it's fantastic. I hope that this has been insightful, this video on Neo-Advaita. It's definitely been one of the most profound influences on my life, and I hope on yours as well. I highly encourage you to check out people like Tony Parsons and Jim Newman and Fred Davis and Rupert Spira and Bentinho Massaro and go and read some of the works of Ramana Maharshi and Adi Shankara and Patanjali and Sri Aurobindo and Nisargatata Maharaj and Punja and Siddhara Meshwar Maharaj because... These have very clearly been Swami Vivekananda, the Yogananda, most clear transmissions of the non-dual nature of our existence, of our metaphysics, and yet, what we can do with the communication of the non-dual is we can also simultaneously be able to explain, like in the Taijitu, where you have the non-dual monism and you have the yin-yang that are in a rhythmic balanced interchange, like Walter Russell said, they're in a flux ascension like a solenoid helically towards a mathematical attractor that our complex system is evolving towards which is the Ouroboros Godhead and so to be able to synthesize even that with electromagnetism and with cyclic cosmology of people like Sir Roger Penrose is going to be really critical for us moving forward and to be able to synthesize the non-dual you are already at the diamond necklace around your neck with the fact that there is suffering and there are sustainable development goals and there is a process of architecting and maximizing human potential that exists simultaneously in the ultimate all of that suffering is a dream yet at the same time it's also in this creation design something that we really are excited about as the iris the expression of the infinite of being like that artistic palette 
a creative expression that maximizes abundance and prosperity. And that recognizes that the individuation, the individual, is beautiful. It's the exact expression of the infinite that makes it so that the non-dual also simultaneously is dual and is multiplicity. And that to respect that is so profoundly important because the same non-dual teacher that is talking about only non-duality and how the individual is an illusion is also potentially driving in the Tesla car that was envisioned by Elon Musk almost two decades ago and was built by thousands of employees and robotics and genius engineers and scientists that have made it so that the whole planet can transition to electric cars can transition to more sustainable forms of energy and so we have to recognize that as well that appearance happening in the dream as well and how it serves us how it serves the social fabric and that's what ramana maharshi meant by sahaja samadhi or buddha meant by the middle way that in the tantric tradition you weave your enlightened realizations into the social fabric so check out all of those epic people that we listed. And also, if the video brought you value, give it a like. Subscribe if you haven't. Comment below with your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And share the video with people that you feel like this would resonate with. And join the membership on the channel if you'd like. We have great exclusive benefits there. And every single dollar that you put in goes directly into the actualization of all of our big projects. So many great things on the roadmap here in Los Angeles. with Animated series, anthologies, VR pedagogy. So many good things on the roadmap. Great upcoming interviews with awesome people out here that will be turning their attention inward on these topics which is going to be so awesome and that's all infinite love absolute adoration thank you so grateful thank you <laughs>